Welcome to the Judaism from Within podcast, the podcast where we delve into, elaborate, and bring out the thinking and the ideas of Rav Shumshin Rafal Hirsch. I'm Simi Lerner. In this week's discussion, Rav Hirsch does three distinct things. He discusses what the idea or the principle of what we call taiva is. What is taiva? We could translate it as greed or craving, but what is it from a religious standpoint? Secondly, why is it so devastating, both to the individual in the world as a content human being, but also from a religious standpoint? Why is it so devastating to the religious personality? And lastly, how does this craving, something that is so clearly part of the natural world, fit in to a natural scheme? Meaning we don't want to look at it as a vice without any nuance, because it clearly is something that is part of the natural world, the desire to expand, the desire to draw in, the desire to spread. That's the natural world, be it plant life or animal life or human life. There's something very natural about that. That animal side isn't evil per se, that's not how the Torah, how the Jewish tradition looks at our personality. We have aspects of our personality that need to be harnessed, but we never look at something as wholly bad. So how does this idea of expansion, of craving or drawing in, fit into the natural world? So those are three big ideas. What is it? Why is it so devastating? And lastly, how does it fit into the natural world? And I want to open up really how Reb Shumshin Rafal Hirsch opens up. He opens up with a metaphor, and a very key metaphor that really allows you to slot it into so many other areas of Jewish thought. Taiva, this vice of Taiva, which from his point of view is the, the death of joy, the death of contentment, and the death of the religious experience, is the desire to be at the center of an ever-expanding circle. You in the middle, an expanding circle of desire and possessions around you, the drawing in of everything around you that you want. That is how you look at yourself in the world. You are drawing in. You see you want and you draw it in. That is taiva. Because it's interesting. There's something very natural about that. This brings it into the natural world. Every animal, every plant, as Rav Hirsch describes it, has this inner urge to expand, to spread. But it does it unconsciously. It's part of its natural makeup. And through that unconscious expansion, the desire to gain resources and spread, that keeps the circle of life going. There's nothing good or bad about that, but it's the natural world. Everything unconsciously fits into the pattern or the orchestra of life. That's what we call the natural world. But mankind has the ability to transcend that. Mankind can just give in to their more base temptations They'll fit into the general scheme of the natural world. But the job of humanity is not to be a plant. The job of humanity is not to be an animal. The job of humanity is to transcend. That inner urge should be harnessed. And the beauty about this metaphor and explaining it in reference to the natural world is that if you just live, you'll live as part of the natural world. The claim from a materialist is that we are just part of the natural world. There is nothing special about you. Well, from his point of view, that might very well be true. The ability to step out of yourself, which is the religious claim that we have the ability to do, is what Rav Hirsch is talking about. 
you as an individual can just go with the flow and flow with the natural world and you'll fit into it and you'll contribute like a plant contributes. You'll contribute like a tree, like a tiger. But that is not what humanity is here for. From the Jewish standpoint, humanity is here for mission. Humanity is here for goal and purpose. That means harnessing this inner urge, not neglecting it, but harnessing it, along with your higher faculties. You simply take a shift of perspective. You draw in, but you draw in to the goal, not to you as the objective. That is where the natural world and the divine, the natural and the human, the natural and the goal-orientated man take a different stance. The natural man is at the center of his world, and he draws into his center. We'll go on to why that's such a devastating perspective on life, but just describing the concept. You should take a shift in perspective. The center point should be your goal, and the goal should be drawing in. Around you, you should make a collection of works that feed your goal. And the Israelite, as Rav Hirsch calls it, is on a mission and on a goal, striving for the perfection of this world, with God at its center. Thereby you are drawing in, but you're drawing in for something more noble. You're drawing in, you're using that faculty, your natural and your higher faculties, in the service of your goal, in the service of your mission. So that's the idea of taiva. Taiva's the drawing in, but who's at the center? Is it your mission and purpose? Or is it you as an individual? If it is your mission and your purpose, you are transcending your natural environment. But if it is you, well then you fit into the natural world. And like the rest of the natural world, you'll do your part. Like a tree. But why is it so devastating? Why is it the root of all dismay and lack of joy? And as Rav Hirsch calls it, why does it tear up the divine nature in man? It's a good way of describing it. Because desire and craving and you being at the center of that, that doesn't mean you can't want things. Once again, if you are at the center, it's all self-serving. If the goal is at the center, of course you need things. Of course you want things. But it's in the service of something greater, a higher faculty, a higher expression. But if it is you and being human, we have the ability to not only see the here and now, we have the ability to project into the future. They call it the grass is greener on the other side syndrome. I don't see what I have right now as being enough. I see what I don't have as being what I need. And I look into the future about what I could have. And that unsettles me until I have it. And interestingly enough, the closer to the present that future desire comes, the less attractive it becomes. In which case, you're in a situation where you are at the center with a constant desire to bring things in, but what you're trying to achieve will never come. Because what you have now has no value. What you want in the future is what you are craving. Then you lose sight of what you have right now. And the closer the future point comes, the less of value it seems until it is replaced with something else you will crave. It's a reason why traditions around the world point to the grabbing, the holding, the desiring as the root of all suffering. And this is the language of Hirsch uses. The root of our suffering in life is the craving that we desire of things we do not have, that we want to have. 
And that perspective is not only the root of suffering from the point of view of material possessions, but also around the idea of expectations. I expect something to be a certain way. I want something to be a certain way, be it in a physical thing or be it conceptually. Disappointment and suffering come from that same root of expecting and wanting. The more we can wither away at that desire for it to be for me at the center, we dissipate our suffering. So to summarize this point, Taiva is the limitation of personality. What are you? Are you the center of an ever-expanding circle, or are you in service of a greater goal? If it is you, then satisfaction you will never find. But if the goal is at your center, if that is what you are drawing in, you can know success, you can know achievement, you can know happiness, you can know joy. But the biggest danger from Rehersha's standpoint is the perspective the individual embodying this vice of Taiva has towards his religious ideology. When that is your perspective, how do you look at your religious obligations, the moral commands that rest upon you? From Rav Hirsch's standpoint, the Tairais, which is what we're dealing with now, these philosophical perspectives, these ideologies of the mind that are supposed to manifest in the world, a man of Taiva who is at the center cannot hear of change of perspective. That doesn't make sense. Mishpotim, and how he relates to other people, the betterment of his fellow man, he's at war with his fellow man because he is attempting to collect resources and possessions that they are trying to get. He loses intimacy, he loses relationship. From Rav Hirsch's standpoint, the choik, the betterment of the world around you, the mission to your soul, the mission to the animal world, to the world in general, that can't be your goal because it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve the center of your circle. So, to recap the second point, the devastation of this desire to hold on to, to grab, to draw in that which you don't have, is the root of suffering. And it is the root of not only of personal suffering, it is the root of suffering of relationships, and it is the death of the religious intention in man. It is the death of the ability for man to transcend because he's locked himself in a natural perspective where his personality isn't striving for a greater goal. His personality is striving to draw into his circle. But what's the antidote? The antidote will have to be developed as we continue. But in brief, don't look at how much or how little you have. Look at how much or how little you are able to achieve with what you have. What were you able to produce with the materials you had at your disposal? How did you serve the goal? How did you live up to the values that you put at the center of your circle with the means that you had around you? Did you live up to those goals? Were you able to achieve with what you were given? That brings contentment. That brings joy because it's not what I'm able to have or get because you can't control that. That's the fall of the man of Taiva. The man who is able to focus on his goal, what he has around him, his means, he doesn't control that. In which case, he can be at peace. His soul can be at peace because one thing he knows he can do, he can try with what he's been given. And as long as he knows he tried, he can have serenity. 
because that is the thing within the locus of his control, not the means. The focus on the means is falling into the man of Taiva, what you were able to do with the means. That's why Rav Hirsch tells us an obvious truth, that from the Jewish standpoint, if you have a little, but you accomplish three quarters of your possibility, and another individual had much, but only accomplished a quarter of his potential, who is greater? Who is more noble? The one who strived harder. The one who strived to accomplish more with what he was given. And he can take contentment from that. Thank you so much for listening. As I said, it's a bit of a dark one. But thank you very much for listening and have a lovely week.